Sensible Chat with your host, Sensible Bobby, the show that's all about budgeting, smart spending, and saving. Today, we're going to chat with Daphne Wiswell about her family's journey to being debt-free, the sacrifices they've made, and what they've learned, plus what's next after the debt is gone. After class, Sensible Bobby will share another super-saving secret you can use today. But first, she's going to talk about the financial benefits of gratitude. So let's waste no more time and get right to the budget whisperer, the nanny of the note, the superstar of smart spending. Here she is, Sensible Bobby. Thank you, Scott. And happy holidays, everyone. By the way, do you love that new intro as much as I do? That was composed by my favorite singer-songwriter, the one and only Scott Olson. I would put applause in there, but he's the producer and he won't let me do it because he's too humble. So anyway, I thank you very much, Scott, for your intro and for the new and improved intro music. And since Thanksgiving is just a couple of days away, I want to focus on gratitude today and how it can impact our money. I've heard a bit about this before, but reading up on it lately, I was really surprised to learn all the different benefits of gratitude and how it can actually help us reach our financial goals. So let's dive in. According to a study published in the Journal of Psychological Science, feelings of gratitude can fight off our tendency toward instant gratification. The more we cultivate feelings of gratitude, the more we reduce impulse buying and insufficient saving. That's because as we become more grateful, we're more likely to feel fulfilled and less likely to chase the high we get from spending money. On top of that, using gratitude to get beyond instant gratification can save us money by encouraging us to save up for bigger purchases. Gratitude also promotes generosity. According to research cited by UC Berkeley, you're more willing to give to others when you feel grateful. So how does this tie into better finances? Well, they say that giving can actually help you financially because when you make giving to a charity a priority, you're forced to reevaluate your finances so that you can meet your objectives. By practicing gratitude, you might find that you don't feel the need to spend a lot of money to feel happy. Learn contentment and you'll be more likely to spend on others, save money for long-term, more fulfilling goals, and avoid impulse buys that can break your short-term budget. David DeSteno, professor of psychology at Northeastern University, says, quote, Gratitude makes us value the future more. It overcomes our mind's bias toward immediate gratification. And the more we value future rewards, such as retirement or college savings, the easier it is to resist making impulse purchases, end quote. Life and business strategist Tony Robbins says that giving teaches your brain there's more than enough. So helping the less fortunate can be a profound way to remind yourself of your true wealth. And a 2008 study found that giving even $5 can lead to an uptick in your emotional well-being. So how can we strive to become more grateful? Farnoosh Tarabi, host of CNBC's Follow the Leader and the So Money podcast, suggests redefining wealth. While your bank account may have you believing you'll never be rich, numbers aren't always the way to measure well-being. 
Our health, friendships, ambition, and even access to technology are all invaluable assets that support a bountiful life. Some prefer the term abundance rather than wealth because it focuses more on the whole prosperity of life rather than just the amount of money you have. Farnoosh Tarabi also suggests making changes to your social media feed. It's really easy to get caught up with the keeping up with the Joneses mentality when you see all the grand vacations your friends are taking or new cars and homes they're buying. So if this leaves you doubting your worth, it's time to unfollow them for a while and focus on the good things in your own life. So how does gratitude make a difference? If you regularly reflect on what is good and positive in your life, you'll notice a shift in how you choose to live. If you're focused on what you have instead of what you lack, you'll be less envious and less in need of more. Here's a simple but profound statement I found. You'll want more until you believe you have enough. Only through gratefulness will we see that it isn't things that bring happiness, it's connection and shared experience. Buying something you want or think you want can make you feel good for a short period of time, but research has shown time and again that it isn't a meaningful, lasting happiness. In fact, materialism can actually lead to depression and debt. There's nothing wrong with wanting certain things, but a practice of gratefulness will make you mindful and more deliberate about what you want. The things you choose will bring something of value to your life instead of an endless cycle of mindless consumption. Gratefulness leads to financial well-being because it encourages you to use money for the things that really enhance your life. Gratitude can also be a foundation for financial well-being. Here's how. Number one, earning more money. Just as gratitude impacts your friendships, it can impact your working relationships. A manager who is grateful for the opportunity to lead will be a more effective leader and decision maker, which leads to a healthier workplace where everyone is more likely to achieve their goals. People who practice gratitude tend to worry less and be more secure because they focus on what's going well rather than on what could go wrong. Freedom from worry can boost your productivity, make you stand out from the crowd, and lead to career advancement and higher pay. Number two, increasing optimism and goal attainment. Grateful people are more optimistic. If you're mindful of what you have and what you've already accomplished, you're more likely to believe in your ability to accomplish new goals. Belief in yourself and your goals is at the core of success. Number three, the action plan. Gratitude leads to happiness, and happiness is a great fuel for decision-making and goal achievement. In fact, there's research to show that happiness doesn't come from success. Success comes from happiness. So how do you exercise your gratitude muscle, especially during the frenzy of the holiday season, to reduce money stress and fully enjoy everything that's wonderful about this time of year? First, make gratitude a daily practice. Take a moment or two each day to write down or even just think of one or two things that you're grateful for and why. Having a daily practice will train your mind to always be looking for the positive aspects in your life. Second, start an accomplishment list. When you add something to your list, take a minute to be grateful for the opportunities, circumstances, or people that supported you. Past success builds confidence in future success. 
Third, question your purchases. When you're tempted to buy something, ask yourself if you need it or feel you deserve it. If you believe you deserve it, you may be using retail therapy to treat frustration, envy, sadness, or even loneliness. Before you head to the checkout line, consider if you could put the money to better use toward one of your bigger goals. Try using gratitude to diffuse the impulse behind an emotional purchase. Finally, pay it forward and share your gratitude. The holidays are an especially good time to tell other people you're grateful for them and the things they do to positively impact your life. The best part of gratitude is that when you're focused on the positive, you'll find it everywhere. I think that's why Daphne Wiswell has done so well on her journey to being debt-free. In the midst of a lot of adversity, she has definitely focused on the positive. Let's get into her story. Okay, class, Sensible University is now in session. Today's guest professor is Daphne Wiswell, a holistic life coach, wife, and mother whose family's debt-free journey began after debilitating illness and loss of a six-figure income. She's here to share her story of perseverance, sacrifice, and gratitude for a great life. Daphne, thanks for being our guest professor today. Thanks so much for having me, Bobby. You and I have talked a little bit about how you and your family decided to start your journey to being debt-free. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about how that started and why? Yeah, sure. So it started kind of by accident. I read Dave Ramsey's book, Total Money Makeover, probably 15 years ago, or I don't even know when it first came out. It's been a long time. And I remember reading it and thinking, oh my gosh, this would be so amazing. I would love it so much to just not have all of these bills every month and just have a simpler lifestyle. And there are so many things that I want to do. And I couldn't get my husband on board because (laughs) my husband is a great guy and he loves to shower me with gifts and buy me nice cars. And he likes to have nice cars. And We were going on vacation. We were just enjoying our lifestyle and he wasn't ready to talk about being debt-free. And then about four years ago, he got a job offer in a completely different city. It's a We'd been dreaming of moving to the Hill Country section of Texas for years. We grew up and lived in Houston our entire lives, right outside of Houston. And so huge metropolitan areas, suburbs, really crowded. And we just had always dreamed of one day retiring in the Hill Country. Well, he got this job offer that he hadn't even applied for, tried for, just somebody sought him out. And we were like, wow, this is way too good to be true. They offered him a really nice increase in pay. And we were going to get to live in our favorite part of the state. And so we were all in. We were like, yep, let's do it. Sold our house, moved into our fifth wheel because we were like, all right, six months, we're going to get to really know the neighborhoods, the areas, the school districts, and figure out where we want to live. But we're going to stay in the fifth wheel for a while. Well, about three months in, there was a merger. And his company was bought out by another company. And they basically gave all of the employees a letter that said, if you want to keep your job, this is your new salary. And so we lost six figures of income overnight because two of our kids had some severe medically complex things. And so not having health insurance was not an option. And so we, he signed it, you know, now I'm like, can you go back and say you signed that under direct? (laughs) That wasn't fair, but you know, we always lived well beneath our means, but he had a nice car. I had a nice car. We had just purchased a brand new fifth wheel to live in while we were looking for a house because we only thought we were going to be in it for six months. So we had all of these bills and all of these 
things that we couldn't afford anymore. And so we accidentally fell into this place where getting out of debt was the only option. Wow. So did you decide at that point that you were going to make a plan or was it just something that you kind of tightened everything up and were scared for a while and then just kind of figured it out? How did that work? No, we decided that we were going to make a plan. And our plan was basically, you know, I remembered back from reading all these different things that I had read about reducing debt that you either had to have less bills or make more money. And I thought, okay, well, how are we going to have less bills? We, You know, it's like, yeah. this is where we live. This is what we need to drive to get to work or kids to doctor's appointments or whatever. And so we decided that we were going to have to figure out how to make more money. And basically, there's a really cool thing when you live in different RV communities where you can basically work to cover the cost of the rent that you're paying for your space there. So oh. we took on work at the RV community where we were staying so that the site that we had and the electricity and, and all of the different utilities, I guess, became completely free. So that really reduced our living expenses. And then we sold my car and that really reduced some things. And then we did some, I mean, crazy things like, okay, we're not going to buy paper towels for a year. So I went and, you know, I guess like if we need to use towels, we're going to use real ones and we're going to wash them, which when you live in an RV, you have a little tiny washing machine. Like that was a major challenge and no paper plate, you know, the stuff that we had never really thought about. It was like, Hey, we're literally throwing our money in the trash when we're buying paper plates, paper towels, like these convenience things that it's like, we don't actually need these things. We're just so used to having them in our lives. I mean, it seems so silly, but like little small changes like this have really added up you know, we had our Keurig coffee maker and you get the little K cups or whatever. And we were like, okay, that's more expensive than if we just bought a drip coffee maker and had a bag of coffee. We made a bunch, you know what I mean? So that was our plan is to just look at everything we were doing that we could change or eliminate, or, you know, how could we add money to our bank account? And so that's how we did it. Yeah. You know, Dave Ramsey talks about going gazelle and and it sounds like that's what you did. Unfortunately for you, it sounds like you, you know, really (laughs) didn't have a choice. It wasn't, you know, let's get out of debt and we'll go gazelle as long as it takes. But, you know, this was a lifestyle change that you had to make, but you are such a happy sounding person. (laughs) And so it doesn't seem like, I mean, a lot of people would look at that and go, I just can't live that way. And obviously that's not the case. It can be done. Right. Well, I remember when I was reading and learning and I would hear people's stories, I thought, oh, that sounds crazy. You know what you're saying? I couldn't live that way. And I kind of felt like that. We had a really great lifestyle. I'm going on vacation every other month and all of these different things. And so it was a definite shift. But I think Dave Ramsey also talks about how it starts to feel like a game. And it really did for us. Like We really started to get excited about seeing the numbers that we owe different creditors go way, way down in our bank accounts. And it just became a lot of fun. And and we started doing little challenges like this was just maybe a couple months ago. Because uh, you just shift the way that you start to think about money and spending it. Like before, if we needed a vacuum cleaner, we'd go out and Sam's or Costco or wherever you pay 200 bucks, you get a vacuum cleaner. Well, Dave Ramsey talks a lot about waiting. And so <laughs> I'm like, okay, we need a vacuum cleaner. We moved into, you know, we're, we're out of the RV now, living in a home. We're renting it for a lot of financial reasons. But we needed a vacuum cleaner because the little one we were using in the fifth wheel wasn't cutting it. We had wood floors in our house before. 
And my husband's like, oh, let's get this one. You know, it's at Sam's. And I'm like, nope, it's 160 bucks. Just wait. I know exactly which one I want. I'm going to show you the picture. We're going to find it. And I think it took two weeks of me sweeping the carpet or something crazy like that, <laughs> which then a, lot, a lot of people wouldn't do like, oh, I just can't handle that, you know, but the house is clean. It's nice carpet. But he found exactly the one that I wanted at a thrift shop here in town. And not only the vacuum cleaner, but this team mop, the fancy, like I call it fancy because it's like you put the hot water in, you clean the tile floors, like so nice. You got the rewashable thing. And I think both of them are like three bucks. And so things like that, you don't think about it when you're not thinking about it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I think really excited when you're like, Oh my gosh, look, instead of spending $200, we spent 40 and we got to keep this money and we can do something else with it. Pay down more debt. And that's such a great thing. You know, I was just reading recently about scarcity and how there is a negative side to scarcity, but there's also a positive side. And that's what you're talking about, because when you don't have the money for those things or, you know, you're really trying to cut the expenses and everything for whatever reason, you really get creative. And it sounds like not only did you guys get creative, but, you know, you actually found what you really wanted and took excitement in going out and finding the right thing and it being less. So, I mean, all the way around, there's a lot of creativity and scarcity, obviously. Yeah. I love that because the other thing that I had been praying for, for a long time was for God to give my husband a heart for business. I was like, I really want my husband to, you know, start a business. Like he's so smart. He has so many skills and gifts and, you know, just dream of being totally free from the rat race that he's in. And so when this happened, he got creative with ways that he could make money on the side of his corporate job. And so he started buying auctions and and I think we took like $400 to start. And we had our biggest month earlier this year with his sales. And it's just incredible that our little $400 investment. And then that was two years ago, he made, I think it was like $15,000. It wasn't profit, of course, but I think half of that was profit like in February of this year, just because he's buying auctions and selling things online and finding these connections with suppliers. And anyways, it's a lot of fun and it's very creative. (laughs) That is so awesome. So what was your biggest adjustment through this whole process? I think the biggest adjustment hasn't been for us. It's been for our kids because they're 22, 17, and 16. And so for most of their lives, they grew up where when they asked for something, they got it. (laughs) And my kids don't really ask for much. You know, it's not like they're not crazy, but we had nice Christmases. They had nice birthdays. And we would spend a lot of money on those things just because who doesn't like to give their kids good gifts, right? Sure. So it's been a big adjustment for them because... We basically said to them, our priorities have shifted and we still love you guys, but we're not going to do it this way anymore. And here's why. And so we've just talked to them a lot about our future, about their future, about how important it is to think about that. We're not just thinking about today and next month and next year, but what about 20 years from now? What about 30 years from now? And so I think it's been a big adjustment for them, but they're learning a lot and making me really proud. My youngest son, who's 16, we were with my mom a couple of weeks ago and she had a, <laughs> this makes me laugh, but I love this story. Cause I'm like, yes, they're getting it. She opened a box of uh, spring mix she took out of her fridge and it wasn't past the expiration date, but you're going to hear how severe we are. There was like one little 
slimy green leaf in there. Everything else looked great. It was so fresh, but that one little leaf. And my mom was about to throw the whole box away. And my son said, wait, that's still good. Just throw away the slimy leaf. And she was like, no, I can't. I can't eat it if I saw that one leaf. And he goes, why not? You could save so much money. And so (laughs) my mom's like, it's $3, you know, it's spring mix. But um, I'm like, wow, my son's paying attention. Like he's, he's getting it. Yeah, that's fantastic because a lot of times the kids, you know, they don't really take to it and they, they're just kind of upset that everything's not given to them anymore. And it, and it sounds like they made the adjustment with you, which is great because they can do all these great things going forward because they'll know the value of money. And that's exactly. always a wonderful thing. Yeah. Kind of- and we've tried to empower them too, to do things themselves. Like I, my daughter who's 17, we helped her a couple months ago start an Etsy shop. And so it was so fun for us to wake up the, I think, second or third morning after she opened her Etsy shop and she made money while she was sleeping because she did sales. And so I was like, look at this. Like you made these products, you put them out there, you built this thing. And so, you know, she makes little sales every now and then we need to really work on her Etsy marketing game. But it's so fun for her to see. It's so fun for us to show her that there are so many ways of putting money in your bank account that aren't a traditional job and that anyone can do it. You know, you don't have to wait until you're a certain age or have a certain degree or whatever. You take your gifts and use them and you can benefit from that financially. Yeah, absolutely. It's never too early to start. That is for sure. And you had told me before that your son actually is halfway through his college career and debt free at this point, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Wow. Tell me how he did that in this age of everybody being mired in student loans. (laughs) Well, now I'm like, okay, we've learned our lesson with him. We're going to do it even smarter with the younger two because he could have done a lot of probably dual credit or CLEP or AP exams. Um, But he really believed when he was in high school that he was going to apply and go off and live at school. And, you know, it was something that he really thought he wanted to do. And we wanted him to qualify for different scholarships and grants as a freshman, which if you have too many credits, you can't qualify for a lot of times. So we were like, okay, well, we just, we're not going to do the AP dual credit route because we want him to qualify for these grants, these scholarships. And looking back, I'm like, oh man, he he decided, never mind. I don't want to do that. I want to stay home. I want to save as much money as I can. I want to go to a, a more affordable like community college and and not have expenses of rent and everything that goes along with living in a school or going out of state, all of those kinds of things. And so he works, he takes a full load. He's in he's in school right now on this side. He always goes summer, fall, spring. He's taken courses all the time. And he has a job where they're super flexible with his schedule. And so I think he works three days a week and he puts in 12 hour days. So he works 36 hours a week. He goes to school for his 15, 16 hours of courses. And then he takes Sunday off because his mama is very encouraging that he have a day of rest (laughs) and and also time to do his own laundry and catch up on uh, homework or whatever else he needs that's how he's doing it. He's paying cash as he goes through. And it's incredible to see his ambition and drive to do that. So how long have you been on this journey to becoming debt-free? It's been about three years. Three years. Okay. Mm -hmm. And do you have a timeline for when your big moment of being debt-free will come? Yes, we are really hopeful that we're going to be completely debt-free by the end of this year. Wow. Awesome. That's so great. So now what keeps you on track? I mean, you guys have come through so much and it sounds like now you're at a place where you could really 
go back into that old lifestyle if you didn't mm-hmm. have this wanting to get out of debt. So what keeps you on track when you feel those moments of short-term sacrifice that are for the greater good? Well, I think what keeps us on track is our goals for the future. Because now that we've seen what a little investment in his business, a little investment in my business, you know, he has his regular job, but I have two businesses and then I do some other things on the side. And so just seeing the potential of how we have the power to change our financial situation when we make these choices is what motivates us. So like I said earlier, we're renting our house right now. And one of the reasons we decided to rent instead of buy is because we have this dream to start investing in real estate. And so that's our next big goal. And so we just want to have the cash flow to be able to do that. And so not having a mortgage and all of the expenses, you know, all of those different things, it's like, that's what keeps us going is just thinking about where we want to invest next and how we want to see our bank accounts grow and just thinking about how when we make this sacrifice now, we're going to be able to put it over here. And like I said, it's turned into kind of a a fun game, just seeing how we can make the money that we already have grow. That's awesome. You know, I experienced the same thing when we were getting out of debt. It was fun for me to pay the bill every month because, you know, you're watching it go down and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm this much closer to when I don't have to pay this bill. I'm so excited. Yes. And, And it's so important. I'm so glad to hear that you have a definite next goal because I think that's what can kind of throw some people off track. You know, you spend all this time going for this goal to get out of debt. But if you mm-hmm. don't have something else that you're looking forward to, that can kind of put you off because you're like, ah, oh, forget it. You know, what's the point? Right. And even if you don't, you know, some people fall into, I know I kind of struggled with this when I finally got out of debt. It was like, we've been working towards that for so long. Now it's going to be easy to just once again, watch that money pour through our hands and not know where it was. And it's like, you know, we were paying all this money towards our debt. What Mm -hmm. happened to that money, you know, and you don't want that. So it's very important to have a goal that goes beyond your debt payoff. Right. I agree. And I think it's been fun too, to, you know, my husband and I, now that he's home a little bit more, which is a a nice perk to this job, even with the merger agreement and all that. (laughs) you know, he pays certain bills and I pay. We share an account, but just passwords and logins and the ease of like how different things get paid. I'm like, did you pay this? And so just a couple of weeks, I remember him saying like, did you pay the bills? And I'm like, well, I paid this. And I was like, well, why? And he goes, I just feel like we never have to pay any bills anymore. Like, did we do, is that it? I'm like, that's it. We got, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that amazing? You gotta love it. We laughed. We both were like, man, that feels good. They're paid. We're done. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I just want to go back for a minute because I I got off the subject of your son too soon. And I wanted to ask you, well, first, kudos to him. That's such a great thing. And it just proves that, you know, there really are ways that you can go through this process of college, you know, without going into major debt, which Mm -hmm. I hope is a source of hope for a lot of people. But, you know, it's really hard a lot of times to get kids to understand the importance of saving and being debt free instead of going for the instant gratification and they watched your changes, but do you feel like there was a certain aha moment for him where he got it and was able to go through what he's going through now with, you know, making sure that his college remains debt-free? I think that it may have been when he purchased his car cash because he had been driving a car that my parents gave him, which is actually the car that I'm driving now that I've sold mine. It was an older car, you know, but everything on it was running good except the air conditioner. And we live in Texas and it's really hot here. 
So he just started, you know, thinking about buying a different car because we're probably mean parents. We weren't willing to fix the air conditioning for him. (laughs) (laughs) We said, well, you know, if you want to do that, you know, we offered to pay half or whatever it was. And my husband does all that stuff himself. So it wouldn't like you have to get to the mechanic and spend a fortune, but we wanted him to have a little bit of skin in that game too, because he didn't pay for the car. The grandparents gave it to him. Anyways, he decided that instead of doing that, he wanted to just buy a different car. And so a friend of his just happened to be selling one and it was like a thousand bucks. And he let him do it on a payment plan where he gave him like four payments of $250, you know, but he did that and he bought it himself. And I think he could see how he has friends who are the same age and they're doing things the more traditional way where they're going to the bank and they're getting a loan and they have a $250, $300 car payment every single month for three to four years. Whereas he drives his car around and it's paid for. And I think he really enjoys that because (laughs) he doesn't have to feel that coming out of his pocket all the time. And so he's really developed on his own a great savings plan. And I think that's what's encouraging him to stay home while he finishes college because he's watching his savings account grow. And we've talked to him about, you know, investing in real estate. And when you buy your first place, let's make it a fourplex so you can rent out the other three units and all of these things. And he just gets really excited thinking about his financial future. And I think it was because of that one, how he could quickly see the difference between going and getting a car loan and what that was going to cost him over the long term versus I'm going to shell up this thousand bucks. I'm going to get this reliable car. I'm going to drive, you know, it's great. It's a great little car. Yeah. That's such an amazing gift that you guys have given him as a family, that financial knowledge. And it sounds like it's already serving him well and certainly will through the rest of his life. I hope so. So let's talk a little bit about you because you uh, said that you have a couple of different businesses and I know that you're a holistic health and life coach and I don't have a lot of experience with exactly what that means. So what are you going to tell us what you do? Yeah, it's kind of a new term, I guess, in the world. But basically, I went to school to get certified in integrative nutrition. And that stemmed out of a passion for me to help people living with chronic illness, autoimmune disease, all of these things that I've had to deal with myself and my family members. And I didn't want to do that without being licensed, you know. And so I went to school, I got certified in that. I started my coaching practice. And basically what I do is I have a real big faith component in mind because I believe that God is the source of every answer that we need. And so I went to school. I have knowledge from that. I've parented kids with autoimmune disease. I have 13 years of knowledge from that. I watched my dad with autoimmune disease. I have a lifetime of knowledge from that. And so I have a lot of practical tools that I can help people with, but I also like to help them go straight to the source. And so I spend time with my clients seeing if God can give us some insight into roots or doors that were opened or or things that maybe we're not thinking about, you know, people think about health or their life choices or what career, marriage, you know, all these, these different things. They don't really think about the spiritual aspect of it, I don't think. And so in my practice, I empower people through practical tools and strategies, but also through prayer. That's fantastic because I was reading on your website and you have a pretty compelling story. You know, you say you have all this experience through your children and through your father, but you have a lot of experience just from your own personal experience too, right? 
I do. Yes. I was diagnosed with two autoimmune diseases when I was 26 years old. One was Hashimoto's thyroiditis and the other was rheumatoid arthritis. And I was very sick and very miserable and in a lot of pain for many years. Well, I say many years. It felt like many, six or seven years. I was always at the doctor, in the hospital, on all of these different treatments and had a very difficult time just getting around and getting through my day. And so that's where the prayer part goes into my practice because after doing everything that my doctors were telling me to do, and I'm not speaking against doctors and I, you know, I'm so grateful for them and science and technology because it keeps my kids alive and going, but we combined therapies because what I learned was all of the treatments that I was on weren't fixing my problem. And so when I went to the source, my God, and said, I'm tired of this. What should I do? Help me handle this. I know this isn't the life that you have planned for me because your word says that your plans for me are good. He started giving me answers and I started following his direction. And in two years of walking with him on this journey of sacrifice and obedience and rest and just so many different things that I had to implement for myself, I'm completely healed and whole and have not had a symptom or needed a treatment in eight years. Wow. That's such a fantastic story. Such an inspiration and all these things you've done. Like, I mean, you just sound like the happiest person alive. And it's it's really hard to imagine all of those years that you spent in misery trying to get through all of this stuff. Yeah, I have people who know me now that didn't know me then. And they say they can't even, when they read my story or like I just had a book come out recently and and I talk about some of these different things in my book and, and people are like, I can't even imagine you that way. Like I know you now and you have so much energy, like, one of my friends is a neurologist and she says, do you have all of your lab results? Do you have your MRI stuff? I'm like, oh, I, I have some of it. I wish I had all of it. And she's like, I'm not saying I don't believe you, but this is hard to believe. <laughs> yeah, truly. Wow. Well, you know, that's such an inspirational story, not only from the standpoint of the health benefits that you've received, but, you know, also, obviously, this has helped you on your financial journey as well. And just for people that are struggling out there, I mean, even if you're not a person of faith, why not give it a shot, right? I mean, right. <laughs> prayer, yeah. it, you know, the worst that can happen is nothing. And from your standpoint, there's been massive benefits. Yes, exactly. I agree. Because I think I've had a couple people reach out and say, you know, I'm not a Christian. Do you think this could still help me? And I say, absolutely. You know, do you believe in something other than yourself? It's just, <laughs> it just takes knowing that, that you're not the source of the answer. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that with us. Very sure. powerful. Thanks for letting me. So you mentioned that you just uh, put a book out. What is the name of the book? The book is called Breakthrough and it's a prayer journal and planner to transform your health and life. Fantastic. We can get it at DaphneWiswell.com, right? Yes. And your name is actually spelled D-A-F-N-E for those who are wondering about the spelling, right? D-I-F-N-E. Yes. Okay. Yes. And there's going to be a link on our website as well for that. Great. So is there anything else that you would like to share about your debt-free journey or about life coaching or anything else you'd like to share with us? I would just like to encourage whoever is listening that anything that you want to do or believe in is possible. I think that it doesn't mean that it's easy. Things can be really hard to do. It sounds really great when you hear other people talking about them. I know I get excited about, you know, you hear an inspirational story and you think, oh my gosh, but the reason it's inspirational is because it sounds crazy and hard. <laughs> so <laughs> when, you're, when you're having to walk through it yourself, you think, oh, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this. So whether it's health or marriage or career or finances or whatever it is in life, you can do it and you, you can do anything. 
Awesome. Daphne, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us, sharing your knowledge with us and your inspirational stories. We, I really, really appreciate all the information in your time today. Thank you so much for having me, Bobby. This has been a lot of fun and I really appreciate you. A big sensible thank you to our guest professor, Daphne Wiswell, holistic life coach and debt slayer extraordinaire. Visit her website at DaphneWiswell.com and check out her book, Breakthrough. Congratulations to Daphne and her family for how far they've come on their debt-free journey. I hope it gives you hope that no matter what your situation is today, you can change it and have the life you dream of. So, how do you start your debt-free journey? If you value the green, if you save as you go, then wealth is closer than it seems, and you can make that cash flow. Welcome to Saving Secrets, where we share super easy and ready-to-use savings tips you may not have thought about. If you've got saving secrets you'd like to share, email me, Bobby, B-O-B-B-I, at sensiblechat.com, and I'll share your tips in an upcoming episode. Today's saving secret is commit to spending only what you can afford today. This is the first step on your journey to being debt-free and saves you a ton on interest charges. We talk about budgeting. We talk about how to pay off debt faster, cut your expenses, but none of this matters if you're still spending more than you can afford. So if it sounds overwhelming to make huge changes in your life right now, just start with this one thing, and that is simply not adding to your debt. Go ahead and spend as long as you have the money in your bank account today to pay for it. Do this for a week, a month, however long it takes to cement in your mind that this is the first and most important step you can take to becoming debt-free. If you can do that, the rest will be cake. Put your commitment in writing and share it with a friend. Declare it as much as you can publicly. This holds you accountable and gives you a much better chance of success. Bonus points if you find an accountability partner, someone you can call when you feel weak to remind you of your commitment and be your cheerleader. If you need an accountability partner, call me. I'll happily be your cheerleader and keep you focused. You can find my phone number on the contact page at sensiblechat.com. That's my saving secret. Now I want to hear yours. So if you've got a saving secret to share, email me, Bobby, B-O-B-B-I, at sensiblechat.com. With Christmas right around the corner, we are all looking for that perfect gift for that special someone. Well, I already know what I'm getting for the special kids in my life this year. There's this great game called Cash Crunch Junior, and not only is it tons of fun, but it teaches kids financial literacy and gives parents the perfect opportunity to start money conversations with their kids. What could be better? I'm going to chat with the creator of Cash Crunch Jr., Paul Vasey, next week. We're not going to wait two weeks like we usually do because I want you to have this info before you get all your holiday shopping done. We'll talk about his game and his thoughts on how to empower kids to learn financial management early in fun ways so they can live their lives free of financial worry. I can't think of a better gift. Check out the game at CashCrunchGames.com. Buy it today and use the discount code SENSIBLECHAT20 to get 20% off. That's SENSIBLE with a C. Thanks for listening. And remember to leave a rating and review for this podcast. I would love to know what you think. Happy Thanksgiving. 
Until next time, keep spending and saving the sensible way. That does it for this episode of Sensible Chat with your host, Sensible Bobby. Links for all the resources mentioned can be found in the show notes for this episode at sensiblechat.com. That's sensible with a C. While you're there, find your favorite app to be sure and never miss a show. On social media, look for us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you need help with your budget or want to share your thoughts, reach out to Sensible Bobby through the contact page at sensiblechat.com. That's sensible with a C. Thank you.